Yes, Connor. The other day I was telling Eva, I was listening to uh, you know this audio book at work, and uh, she's like, what do you listen to? And I said, uh, The Green Mile. You know, I was like, I really like the movie, so I wanted to you know read the book. She goes, uh, I don't think I've ever seen the movie. She's like, you've never seen the movie? <laughs> and I was like, are you sure? And she's like, maybe, I don't know. And I was like, well, who stars in it? And she goes, I don't know, some dead guy. And I said, yeah. what? Yeah. There's like at first I was like, no, because in my mind I'm thinking Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Yeah. But yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, I guess someone had died that yeah. started in that movie. But either way, what, what's his name? Uh, Michael Clark Duncan. That's it. And so I'm like, all right, that's it. We're watching the Green Mile. We're having fun tonight. Let's watch Green Mile. <laughs> We're having fun tonight watching the Green Mile. Yeah, man. Let's just cry and have a good old time. Nothing like. Like emotionally horrifying Stephen King to no, <laughs> not to, at all to to make it a fun partying atmosphere basically. And so we went to go and try and find the Green Mile, but I didn't own it and I couldn't find it on streaming. So we watched Revenge of the Sith instead. Well, that's not bad. Oh, I'm telling you, you want to talk about crying? Oof. <laughs> it was all fun and games until Order sixty six came around. Well, that's fair. I know. You know what else is fair? It's Uta Puta, everybody. Hello, and welcome to Greedo Shot First. My name is Connor. I'm Andrew. And we're here to talk Star Wars, all things Star Wars, and anything even freaking related to Star Wars. And today, we're catching up on Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. It's the third installment in our uh, movie review, our singular movie review. Yes. Episodic, filmic reviews. I really need to stop hitting my mic stand. I've been doing that a lot lately. And it oh. tracks so loud. Well, you know what it does? It's, it kind of sounds like a snorkel. Like, if I do this, hold on. They like, if you're listening to this right now, it almost sounds like it's like, you know, it's that feeling when you're underwater and you can, like, hear the water slushing around your ears and it's all quiet. And then it's just like you're snorkeled all of a sudden. Just, blah, 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 blah. No, you're done. <laughs> Basically, I did that just to watch you, the. Watch you just it. wanted to see it on the uh, graphical. <laughs> Uh, display. Yeah, I know. It's like when Kit Fisto is fighting underwater. <laughs> it, which is so cool. Which is awesome. With his lightsaber that somehow works underwater, despite uh, Qui-Gon's protestations to Ewan McGregor <sighs> in episode one. Was it really? Did that really happen? I can't remember. Like, yeah. he couldn't use it underwater. Well, maybe he just was, you know, that well, much. Well, he must not have had the special underwater crystal. crystl or something That like used that. to be a canon thing. I don't, like... Or, like, a casing, for that matter. Yeah. You know? Like, it's just, like, when you have, like, an underwater camera. Yeah. Or, like, back in the day when you had an underwater camera, you just needed, like, the box that was waterproof, and then you could put the camera in it, and then you could take pictures. Well, yeah, it would make sense. It's airtight, and nothing would get in, and you could, you could be safe about it. And, yeah. I, I mean, presumably, you could do the same thing around this, because, like... You treat it like that situation, whatever the power source is in the lightsaber hilt that has any kind of crack or seal to get to it, just completely enclose it, right? And that way it's still like a handle. Yes. And the energy beam should be pretty hot to like burn in water safely. Because yes. you think about it, they have like acetylene torches that work underwater. That's true. You know, salvage crews and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. What's to say a lightsaber can't do the same thing? Well, you've convinced me. I know. This is a great way to start our episode <laughs> three review. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. But still, um, why don't you uh, lead us into this? Give us a little uh, background on uh, Revenge of the Sith. Sure thing. Yeah. So, Star Wars episode <laughs> three, Revenge of the Sith. It is written and directed by none other than George Lucas. Again? Again. Ooh. Uh, we won't be saying that all that much more often, though, for whatever I know. it's worth. Yeah, it's, it's going to get weird after a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it stars 
as you probably all very well know, we got oh, Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan Kenobi, Natalie Portman as Padme Amidala, Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker, Ian McDermott as Supreme Chancellor Palpatine, Supreme. Samuel L. Jackson as Mace Windu. Wow, apparently Jimmy Smits is billed ahead of Frank Oz in this. Oh, I'll believe it. <laughs> I mean, this is his movie to shine. We're talking about Space Jimmy Smits. Space here. Jimmy Smits. Oh, I'm going to get into him, trust me. Uh, yeah, so he Jimmy Smits plays Senator Bale Organa. <laughs> Frank Oz as the voice of Yoda. Anthony Daniels as C-3PO. Christopher Lee as Count Dooku. And I'm going to stop there because at that point, there's no way any of these other people matter. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You do have Tamora Morrison portraying all of the clone troopers. Again. I'll just say that. Yeah, at least his head makes it into the <laughs> yes, movie. Yes, exactly. Not much else. No, not much else. Which is incredible. I mean, all right, can we kind of start there? Yeah, well, uh, hold on. Let me give my oh, uh, three-sentence right. synopsis. I'm sorry. Apparently that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Yeah, I know. We had to We had to make sure we knew what we're doing and keep it consistent. Yes. Three years into the Clone Wars, the Jedi rescue Palpatine from Count Dooku. As Obi-Wan pursues a new threat, Anakin acts as a double agent between the Jedi Council and Palpatine and is lured into a sinister plan to rule the galaxy. That's pretty straightforward. Yeah. In all honesty. I mean, I have I have no no qualms with that synopsis. No. I mean, like compared to some of the synopsis we've had for our book reviews, like yeah. that's been pretty straightforward. It's yeah. like, okay, that makes sense. And that's extremely like high level. It doesn't get into any spoilers or anything like that i mean not that we're not gonna like talk about what happens in the movie i know yeah i guess uh we should we should say like hashtag spoilers ahead is that something we should say spoilers for a movie that came out 14 years ago 14 years ago what's the exact date (laughs) it was um may something may something 20 2005 oh my god that's right it was 2005 all right so before i even get into the clones and stuff like that so like i said i I had watched this recently. May twenty second, two thousand. May twenty second. Okay, so this was actually right before we like we would have graduated while we were still in high school, man. Like yes. that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I remember actually seeing it. And okay, I do remember this. I went and saw it with uh, I forget who I saw it with, but then I went and actually hung out with you that afternoon. Uh-huh. It was like you and a bunch of other friends over near your house, and it was like, I think I was just quiet because it was just like. The way I always describe this movie was you knew what was going to happen, uh-huh. but when it happened, it's just so jarring and like, I don't know, it's it's just, it kind of takes your breath away. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> but we'll get back into that. Like I said, I want to start with like, uh, you know, Commander Cody and all the other Tamora Morrisons in this movie. Because like sure. I said, it's just nothing but heads. And it still bugs me that like most of this movie is just straight CGI. Right. You know, and yeah. that, I mean, if you can kind of get past that and just enjoy the actions going on around you, you're going to have a great time with this movie. Yes. So. Well, it's, I actually have some notes about that, like in terms of the CGI. Yeah. Like, you know, so that opening sequence with Obi-Wan and Anakin, like flying through the massive battle over Coruscant. We talked about this. Yeah. Is incredible. I mean, yes. it really, like, and it's like, okay, that holds up compared to, you know, The Force Awakens or Last Jedi or any of the new Star Wars that we're getting. Right. Just in terms of its, like, high quality of rendering. Well, that and, like, just the uh, the set pieces alone. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, relatively, every other opener is calm. Like, yeah. you, you have the opening of A New Hope and it's, like, the chasing scene, right? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's two ships and that's it yeah and it, and it looks you know i mean and then we even get to see like from luke's perspective on tatooine that it 
it looks like virtually nothing. It's going it's on. Just a, yeah, it's just like little flashes of light in the sky, basically. And, and so, yeah, we talked about this last time we were talking about the opening because you had watched it like recently, I remember. And then you were saying as much. It's like it opens up, but it's just them flying, and it's just the drums. Yes. It's super quiet, and they're just flying along, you know, the bow of a capital ship there. Uh-huh. And before you know it, they just do this flick and just yeah. anarchy. Yeah, it goes crazy from, explosions everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's peace, and then it's just war. And it's yeah. like that's... That's where we're at right now. Like yes. it's come to Coruscant and it's just everywhere. And it's like it's scary and it's exciting and like, you know, to whatever age we were back in two thousand five, where you know, apparently yeah. we were digging the heck out of it. Yeah. I mean we would have been like I mean, we would have been sixteen. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, I would have been sixteen, you would have been fifteen in three hundred and fifty some days. Three hundred and fifty some days, yeah, because it was like the year yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was that setup. Oh, I hated that. <laughs> But either way, so yeah, it's like, it's just, uh, I mean, it, it's a perfect way to set it up and like, just be like, okay, war is still going on. You know, the events of episode two has led to what's going on right now. And then honestly, you go, you know, you, you realize like all the, all the impact that that has, because like, everyone's like, there's so much going on. We have to know what happens. That's how the Clone Wars happens. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, one thing that I don't think I remembered necessarily from uh, this film, and and I was telling Connor off air before we even started, like, this was probably the movie that it's been the longest amount of time since I watched it. Right. Like, I'm guessing, like, I mean, I probably watched it at some point, like, in college. Yeah. But I bet you that was the last time that I watched it. And that could have been, I mean, if it was undergrad, it could have been, you know, 12 years ago. <laughs> well, we've talked before about like just putting the movies on the background. Right. And like, I imagine for you, it's probably just the original trilogy at the, like that you go for the most. Yeah. You no, know? absolutely. I mean, it's like, honestly, it's either probably the, you know, the Disney movies or it's the original trilogy yeah. is, is probably 85% of my viewing. No, that's not wrong with that. And like, chances are, if I'm watching the prequels, it's because like, they just happen to be on cable. Yeah. That's like, like I, I even, I even noticed actually, I think it was, Revenge of the Sith was on... This is going to seem weird because we're actually definitely not recording this in sequence with when it's being released. No. <laughs> um, but I think Revenge of the Sith was on like yesterday, which would have been late August. <laughs> um, and I did. I put it on for a couple minutes, but then I put on college football. And I was like, all right, I want to watch football instead. Yeah. And then I took a nap, so I wasn't paying attention to anything. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Well, it's still, yeah, I mean, like, so, yeah, it, it gets plenty of playtime, and I think a lot of people just take away from, you know, the prequels in that general because it's just so saturated in the mm. in the lexicon and whatnot. Yeah, exactly, and I think that's, I mean, to me, they're in, like, the perfect place to be so readily available on cable pretty much every weekend. Yeah. <laughs> somewhere. Like, this wasn't, it wasn't, like, Spike or Paramount Network or whatever that is now. It was, like... TBS or something. It was, it was actually not a channel that I normally watch it on. Right, yeah. I mean, I think it used to just be on Spike all the time. Spike's not even a thing anymore. Right. But regardless, um, let's get into the story a little bit. Let's talk about like just the opening, like once they actually jump aboard the ship and everything like that. Now, I... Uh, I would, Rewatching it, it was still just as exciting, and then they finally get to, you know getting to where uh, Palpatine's being held and everything like that. And, like, the the set design for that was so perfectly intentional that it was like, oh, that looks like, you know, the end of the, uh, Return of the Jedi. It's yeah, exactly. Where he's in Palpatine's his big throne. throne room, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And then they have their epic duel with um, Count Dooku. Yes. Which, 
I don't understand how like Obi Wan's not crippled. Like, well, <laughs> I don't want to like I don't want to make it sound awful the saying that, but like seriously, like he gets a scaffolding like dropped on him. Yeah, I mean it's like multiple tons that are like slammed on him like like accelerated onto him like, beyond like just natural gravitational forces nearly shearing his knees off yeah like that's yeah. how bad yeah uh, no i i completely agree that was one of my uh takeaways after watching it was like obi-wan should not be capable of doing any of the things that he does especially in the rest of this movie after that after that yeah <laughs> and if there, if we want to talk like problems for the movie itself there's another time like problem with time in this movie uh-huh. so we like yeah it's, it's something to dissect a little bit later on but still like he survives the injuries they're able to take out dooku and that's the first fall of anakin and everything like that I had fun pointing out to Eva the uh, you know the one little detail whenever like Anakin's talking to uh, Palpatine and he's like I shouldn't have done that it's not the Jedi way and he's like oh it makes perfect sense you you know he took your hand you wanted revenge he's like don't you remember what you told me about the sand people like the way he said it and uh-huh. then all of a sudden you just hear like in the distance yeah <laughs> well that's that's actually um, something that kind of overlaps attack of the clones and this yeah um, is that there was originally supposed to be a scene in attack of the clones that would show Dooku actually ordering the Tusken Raiders to capture Shmi no yes. shit. <laughs> dang it I I, if you haven't noticed, I haven't been yeah. fixing anything lately. No, I so. know. I, I apologize. <laughs> but um, I, just, I didn't know that. Yes, yeah. But then they decided that the way that you know that story all fits together is that Anakin basically does that before uh, Obi Wan actually encounters Dooku on Geonosis, mm. and they decided they liked the reveal of him on Geonosis after he captures Obi Wan. Yeah. To be better than that scene interesting so but so like i think it's like and you and this might be something that you could confirm or deny is like apparently in the novelization that scene is still in there i don't know about that you're talking about like for uh, attack of the clones yeah i yeah. haven't read the attack of the clones one oh, okay. it's hard to find an audiobook for that that's not like a you know abridged more or less yeah i can believe that the revenge of the sith one though uh-huh. help me understand this movie a lot more but like the one thing that did bug me is the same thing that bugs me about like you know attack of the clones and pretty much everybody else is the love story right you know as important as the love story is between padme and anakin and especially how much more detail goes into this story of with with her becoming pregnant it's like in the novel it's just like they they just fawn over each other so i don't know it just it just seems so not real even in yeah. the book. And like they're just constantly telling each other my love. Oh, Anakin, my love, my yeah. heart, my love. And it's like, dude, calm down. You know, it's, yeah. it's not that big a deal or something. But it's just like, I don't know. Otherwise. Well, that, yeah. It, well, that's like one of the other thing, like one of the other major cuts. I, I feel like we do this. We did this on both episode one and two as well. <laughs> where like as soon as we start talking about the next one, we go back and talk about the previous one. Most likely. But. You know, one of the other major cuts that they made from Attack of the Clones was Anakin actually meeting Padme's family. Ooh, Rui. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rui, and, who's the father, even yeah. though that sounds like a very feminine kind of sounding name. <laughs> and I forget the mom's name, and she has a younger sister as well, Padme. Yeah, does. I can't remember the sister's name, but I've been trying to remember the mom's name. It'll come to me. Yeah. I, um, but anyway... 
like so there is a scene before they go to like the retreat yes that they stay at where they actually just stay with her family for a night yeah and like in that scene like her sister is like talking about how oh yeah you like him don't you you think he's cute like but it's just funny because it's like if they would have included that it would have made the whole love sequence less weird and less like where is this coming from stockholm syndrome yeah exactly because i think that's the fear that a lot of people have with it is that if you read it from a really critical angle it's like almost like not a healthy relationship to begin with. It's not. I mean, like I said, like you you find the right cut on YouTube, it just looks like a crazy st- like stalker thriller, mm. just like you know, undressing Padme with his eyes half the time. Yeah, it's like disturbing. Well, it's. I mean, allegedly that's one of the major reasons why they went with Hayden Christensen in the role because he's a creepo. Be, well, because <laughs> like what they kind of liked is that he always has this underlying intensity. Whereas other people kind of played it as almost a split personality, where like he was actually charming with Padme, yeah, and but then like he just turned very dark and very sullen, which is what you wanted, right? Like that was the whole idea. Like he's supposed to be surprisingly emotional, and yet like they just get someone who's so deadpan, right? So I don't know. We've said look, we've said it before. We want to give him the benefit of the doubt, especially like if he somehow decides to show up in like the the next movie or whatever, you know. And it's just. Again, I mean, well, you know, spoiler alert, um, we we will be doing, like, A New Hope right after we conclude this one. Yes. And so I was reading up on some of the trivia, and I've always heard people make this joke, and I never believed it to be true. Uh-oh. But apparently, the two directions that Lucas ever gives is faster, more intense, or slower, less intense. That's the only like direction that he gives to his actors in anything that he's done. So that's uh, so apparently there was a like uh, during the filming of Star Wars, the original one. Like he lost his voice at one point. I think it was like while they were filming in Tunisia or something, and he like, got like sunsickness or something. Yeah. Um. So he couldn't speak. But so like the casting crew was like, "Well, we know what you're going to tell us. So here's your cards. Like just." Put up which one you want us to do. Oh my god! <laughs> I feel like they did bring that up in that podcast I brought up on the on our podcast, the yeah. Inside Star Wars. I feel like that would have been one of their things. He has yeah. two directions. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, I don't know. That's just what Lucas is as a director. Again, as I say, I give him all the credit in the world for all of the technological advancements he's made. Yeah. And for you know the the story that he started, but I there's also a reason why. You know, like the other movie, like the movies that he doesn't direct are like in, of the original trilogy are respectively our favorites. And, you know, and then you have the, the Disney movies that are all viewed as, you know, very well made movies. Yeah. It, it, so, I mean, like I said, it can get kind of just all over the place in general. Yes. But speaking uh, of all over the place, let's get back Revenge to of the Sith. Yeah, seriously. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, in the way of the story and everything like that, like, uh, it kind of suffers from the love that, like, everyone has for uh, the Clone Wars and everything right now because, like, 
especially because the Clover Boys just they they blew it out of the water of like all the times that like Grievous and Dooku would encounter Obi Wan and Anakin, and yeah. in this movie they act like oh hey we meet again at least for Dooku, uh-huh. and later on Grievous or even meeting Grievous like in the, in the beginning they're just like you're taller than I you know uh-huh. you're smaller than I thought you'd be or something like that yeah. you know. But uh, it's just it is what it is. Like you gotta get past that. You still enjoy it, and like the action is great. It, everything's there, all the hilarity. And this movie has two tones to it. It really does. Surely, I think just because like it, once it starts into the latter half of the movie, um, it just kind of like clips like that. Like once Anakin falls, the movie completely goes off. And like yeah. not in a bad direction by any standards. I'm just saying it's like that's where it, like all the emotion starts coming out. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the pacing is kind of awkward, um, and that was kind of one of my only real drawbacks with it. Um, I mean, well, we were talking about the CGI earlier. Yes. Um, you know, and that opening space fight is unbelievable. But then, like the other thing that I don't like is that we go from that to uh, R2 and the super battle droids. Yes. And that scene is just comically terrible. It is terrible. And that was also the first time you ever, like, they ever really, like, realized the droids with personalities. Yeah. You know, and they they went into it better, like, you know, in the series and all that kind of stuff, like, why they were that way versus just being stiff droids. But that's, like, but that's what's so endearing about the Clone Wars is that it works in that environment. But But when it's actually the live action, it does not play the same way it doesn't even come close yeah i mean it, it does get super silly at times and it's like it is hard to take it seriously for that matter but yeah. like like i said it, it you know it has its moments and then like where it tries to be dramatic once all you know once they get back on the coruscant and there's all this drama with the jedi council and padme and everything like that like they do something right because they have like three major scenes that happen almost in, in succession where Anakin is being pulled, like his mm. loyalties are being pulled in three different directions. Obi Wan, who's his master and his brother, and all this kind of stuff, he's like, I, you know, the Jedi Council wants you to spy on uh, the Chancellor. The Chancellor's like, I want you to spy on the Jedi, mm, Council. Jedi Council. And yeah. while this is all going on, he's got a pregnant wife, and the pregnant wife's like, Have you ever considered that we're on the wrong side? <laughs> and now he's like, Oh my God, now my wife's a traitor. Like it, like it goes into that whole thing. Yeah, and. So what this movie has going for it is just a lot of sub like subplotting, but like it doesn't go anywhere really for yes, a lot of it. It doesn't pay off a lot of it and like the pacing of all of those scenes. It's hard to like it when you describe it that way, you're dead on. Like yeah. that it that's really powerful and it's very effective. But like it should play more like that instead of wasting a half an hour of our time just like trying kind of, to set all this yeah, up. Yeah, putting it out in kind of slow motion. Well, see, that's the other side of it, too. Like, the novelization does the job of, like, filling in these holes. It talks about Padme making the petition. It talks about, you know, Obi-Wan, like, and his doubts with the council because he doesn't agree with them sending Anakin to do this. And, like, you know, Anakin's inner thoughts and, like, what's going through his head and everything like that. Like, there's so much they unpack in the book that it's great. And, like, it gives you a better appreciation for what the movie could have been. Uh-huh. It's crazy to think that it's written from the movie's perspective at that point. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. I don't even know if they can consider that, like, still canon or not. Because it's just the way it kind of goes down. Yeah. Well, I've, I've talked about this before. And this is actually kind of an interesting segue somewhat. Yeah. Um, is that basically anything that is is filmed or appears like in the novelizations 
is considered part of the story. Yes. Um, which includes a lot of inconsistencies, such as the many deaths of Shakti. Yes. <laughs> uh, I didn't know if you wanted to get into that or save it for another time. Well, let's talk about it now. Let's talk about it now. <laughs> She dies so many times in this movie, but she's never shown in the final product. Right. So, but first of all, like I said, I, I was trying to find this deleted scene, and I'll explain it again because I've explained it before. Uh, there was an original cut where uh, General Grievous was going to be introduced to Anakin and Obi Wan while they were still like stuck in the ray shield, right? Yes. And uh, they were gonna like grievous brought out shock t and like you know put her on the ground and she was like forgive me master i failed or something like that and then she gets a lightsaber through the chest Mm, done she's down yes right and then it goes into obi-wan and anakin like looking at each other and they're like okay what do we do and obi-wan just goes up to his mustache and starts twirling it and all of a sudden anakin's like no no and he goes and pulls on his left ear and then his right ear while tapping the side of his nose and then obi-wan's like no we should really and then does the twirl of the mustache again or something like that like they're throwing baseball signals at him yeah and it's like why are you doing this like you just watched one of your friends die yes and it's like this is not the time or An place esteemed jedi master nonetheless yes and as well as being surrounded by a bunch of like you know, battle droids and stuff like that. Like you're in very exposed to be doing these kinds of signals. Right. So it's just like, it's so silly and so not in character and not place time. I don't know. It's not, it's not worth putting it in the movie at that point. So that's sad. Right. And then later on, they had a second shot scene mm-hmm. for a shock tease death. Yes. Where she was just like chilling in the Jedi temple. Mm hmm. Anakin snuck up behind her, and she's like, what do you want, Skywalker? And all of a sudden, boom. Yeah. Lightsaber through the chest. It's like, I mean, it's weird, though, because, like, the animation is, like, the, I, the identical same, same shot. shot. Yeah. Um, which is just kind of weird in and of itself. So it's like they, they shot one way. Yeah. Shot two different, like, two alternative ways it could have went down. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't even know which one I would have preferred. Because, like, in that second one where she gets stabbed by Anakin, like, there's a shot afterwards where he's walking across the hall of the Jedi Temple, and, like, there's a large-scale, like, fight going on between the clones and the Jedi, and it looks gnarly. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, they should have kept this in the movie because it just looks so insane. Right. I mean, that's something that I've always kind of thought was a little bit of a weak point. I mean, so the way that the final version of that scene actually, you know, is presented is basically, like... Anakin, go, like, it doesn't appear as though there's any fully trained Jedi yeah, at the temple. At the temple, no. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, we do know that, obviously, Mace Windu has gone with, like, he's taking Kit Fisto and... Like, the remaining members of the council. Like, yeah, that was, I and, think, and, and Sassy Tin. Sassy Tin. And... Uh, God dang it, I know these names. Well, um, Plo Koon is... No, Plo Koon's not Plo not Koon. Uh, but it's... Rom Kohard or something like that. That sounds right. Rom Kotar or something. Some, I don't yeah, know. Some, yeah. So like we know that they're all gone, and obviously Yoda has also left because he had to go to Kashyyyk and help the Wookiees in the most anticlimactic battle scene ever. Yes. Oh my God. Sorry. Well, and I want to get on. I do want to touch on that in a moment. Yes. Um, I'm just trying to focus on one at a time. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, so we know that they're all gone, but it's like surely there are other teachers and like like where's Jocasta New? Where's the uh, yes, Jocasta New? Where? Well, there's a deleted scene with her being like gutted by Anakin. Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> they cut that out, and they actually, you know, she has a continuation story in the comics now. Uh-huh. You know, so she makes it out alive. Like, okay, that's at least what's proffered in the comics, anyways. Uh-huh. But like, it was just like. I think it was just a thing where like Anakin was going through and like taking out all the masters and like they were showing off all oh, I am over this person dead oh that person dead like yeah it was just going through all the people you've seen before yeah and I just feel like it it creates such a weird kind of weightiness to that scene that like we basically only see him killing younglings yes and like that's pretty evil yeah I mean it would almost be like more he would almost seem more redeemable or at least you would just have a better appreciation of his actual power and might if you see him taking out Jedi Masters. Or just other Jedis in general. Yeah, like, like Jedi Knights anyway. There was no other fighting he did besides with Dooku and, and, and Obi-Wan. Right. Like, had they showed him go up maybe against, like, Temple Guards, like yeah. you're saying, or even just, like, you know, Jedi Knights that were uh-huh. just on on call there or something like that. Yeah. Oh, it would have been perfect. Right. Show a little I mean, more of, like you said, the power and everything. Exactly. And I just, you know, because it's, like, between the younglings and then... Like, basically, the next scene that we get with him is him arriving on Mustafar. Yeah. And then he just, you know, wantonly slaughters all of these defenseless politicians of Which, the separatists. That's, like, in its in its own way, is satisfying because it's yeah. like, okay, it's the bad guys. Right. But, you like you said, the whole redeeming thing would have came, like, if we saw him taking out way more than just kids. Yeah. But, yeah. That was, like, you know... It paints him in, in almost a more evil way than is actually relevant to the story because yeah. like if you just see that then i think it's hard to make the jump to return of the jedi where you're like yeah he can be redeemed yeah well <laughs> he became anakin skywalker again well you see like all right there, there, there's a point in the book where like he's able to unlock the temple because the temple went into lockdown uh-huh. after mace and the gang left and uh like the guy who was in charge of the security came out and was like Master Skywalker, what's going on? He's like, uh, you know, here is your relief or something like that. And he held his pommel up to his chin and like turned it on and off. <laughs> like that happened in the book. Wow. And like it, like to that end like, where he's attacking all the politicians and everything, it gets that much more gruesome detail where he's just talking about bisecting body parts all over the place. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, uh, it's just so gnarly. The only reason I say it's satisfying is, like I said, because they've always been portrayed as the bad guys. Uh-huh. And in particular, um, oh, what the heck, Viceroy? Newt the, Gunray. Yeah, Newt Gunray. He like you know he was like the the first villain in the in, in the prequels. It was yeah. like all right, like, finally. He basically, he gets- yeah, and in 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 this weird way, somehow he escapes you know serious punishment, and he's able to get his comeuppance finally. Yeah, but then you were like, the, and then you read, you know, Plagueis before it became Legends, and you're like, poor, poor, you know, Gunray just kind of got roped into this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Un- unwilling, uh, unwillingly uh, selected, I guess. Yeah, because uh, he wanted a spotted bird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, what the heck? Um, but yeah, let's let's backtrack a little bit. So yeah, we got all the all the conflict with Anakin and everything like that. You mm-hmm. um, and McGregor always doing great you know he this is some of his best acting in yeah. this movie and like like i said knowing the backstory of him like in the book being like really against the idea of sending him up as the spy uh-huh. and seeing like his reluctance when talking to anakin about that like it just added to his character that much more i don't know 
I appreciate that. Yeah, well, I agree. I mean, that, that actually brings me to one of my kind of pet theories is that ultimately I think Mace Windu is like the ultimate bad guy. Yeah. Even worse than Palpatine. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, it's true because he just, he's such a, like, I don't know, he's so mean. Yes, that's, exactly. uh, that's the simplest way to put it. And and I think like I, I've read and I've seen and I've heard many people kind of debate the the merits of like, well, what if Mace just lets Anakin go to Palpatine's office mm. with them? What would have happened? What would have happened? Does you know? Do we still end up in the same place, or do we like? Does it change history? And like, I don't know. I'm genuinely inclined to believe that if. Anakin is given the choice to do the right thing, he does it. That's what I would like, think. I th- like he has this real authentic authoritarian bent to him. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, obviously has been implanted by years of talking with Palpatine, etc. But as such, I mean, I think as, you know, as an authoritarian, he's like, no, like, this person is wrong. He's trying to corrupt our government. Let's stop him. Let's stop him. Yeah, and I mean that's you, that's kind of admirable in its own way. I yeah. don't know. I mean, but like, yeah, they like they do a good job of portraying him just wanting to do good, and like he says as much himself. He does believe in the Jedi way, you know, at times where it's just like, you know, the Jedi are selfless; they think only of others, and that's exactly what he does. Right. He may be thinking for himself when he sees the things of Padme. Yeah. But at the same time, he's also thinking about her safety and the baby's safety and stuff yeah. like that. So it's like. Maybe it's not so selfless, mm-hmm. but you know it's selfless enough that he wants to do whatever he can to save her. Yes. So there's a weird impact there. Yeah. I no, I, I agree, and I just think that you know that that the character. I mean, I say often that you know I think the the biggest one of my biggest issues with the prequels is that I wish like there's not really any reason why Yoda should actually be like grandmaster of the jedi council no (laughs) and if anything i think it diminishes his impact on the story moving forward Uh, like like, i can't look at yoda from empire or return of the jedi or his appearance in the last jedi as the same as the same character like i don't view him as the kind of you know noble hermit warrior that he's supposed to be in those films. No, in this one he has prestige. Yeah, people he, knew him. Yeah, and like, and he has a complete, you know, he has a complete hubris moment in terms of like he just screws it up so badly. Yeah, I mean, I don't, but so it's like I don't see a reason why that role shouldn't just squarely be like Mace. Or and yeah, like what he, if he and Yoda had a falling out years ago or something? Yeah, right? that. Yeah, there's all those woulda, coulda, shoulda moments in that movie, and it's like that makes perfect sense because he is a completely different person. And like, I think the idea of just making him the leader it diminishes. I don't know, pretty much everything you just said. I don't know, right? But all, I mean, all, in all fairness, like they were just trying to cash in on like, all right, you know, we knew Yoda was people, yeah, good. people liked Yoda from the original, original. Yeah. and now it's like. Guess what? He was the one. Like he yeah. was the master of the council. Like yeah. he was the leader. And it's like, okay, we'll we'll take it. We'll believe it. Yeah. You know. And then all of a sudden, he starts coming off with his lightsaber. And yeah. There you so, go. Yeah. But so I guess that might be. And I feel like this is a really long way around to. We kind of wanted to talk about the battle on Kashyyyk. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So, <laughs> I I I think I speak for everyone where I say Kazook. I think I speak for everyone when I say that the battle of Kazook was a. Uh, a like a, uh, a tickle 
And a tease. A tease, yeah. Yeah, because, um, like, I think everyone was amped for it. We are like, all right, we're going to go see the, you know, the Wookiee home. Like, we're finally going to see it. And I, I explained as much to Eva. I said, like, when I first saw it, I was like, finally. I was like, there's rosier trees. You can see how they live. There's these giant cities in the trees and everything like that. It's going to be great. And all of a sudden, there's, like, you know, they see all the combat Wookiees, the warrior Wookiees and everything. They're flying their flyers. They're getting all kinds of ready. And there's that point where they all stand up on the barrier and they're doing their war cry. Uh-huh. And it's like, yes! And then they start going into it in like in less than 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and then, Through the whole movie! Yeah, and then we cut away, we do some other stuff, then we come back and like the only, you know, <laughs> then all of a sudden the only thing that happens is there's the, you know, the two commandos that try to kill, kill Yoda, Yoda and fail because yeah. Yoda's too good and then and then it's just uh what is it chewy and uh tarfor i think it's yeah, the other tarful tarful and he's like uh goodbye my friends and he just yeah. gets, <laughs> runs away yes it's like a gratuitous like chewy had to be there yeah so brave chewbacca <laughs> well what the heck what was another thing um so like watching this movie with eva is always great because or any of the movies really it's because like she brings me down she brings me down to the to the ground and like just breaks it down perfectly and uh, the way she put it was like she kept pointing out every single uh, wipe that they did in this movie because uh-huh. he's a huge fan of wipes. The wipes, yeah. And it was just like something sad, wipe, something funny, wipe, something, <laughs> just anything dramatic, yeah. wipe. I mean, this will surprise literally zero people <laughs> that could possibly hear this podcast anyway. But there is significant research out there, like if you go on YouTube or if you just kind of you know do some Google searching of people like looking for the explanations behind all of the wipes throughout all of the films. Okay. And I, like, I mean, I don't really have like an end goal for what I'm why I'm bringing this up. Like, I'm not gonna be like, oh, well, you see, all the wipes that go to the right foreshadow something bad happening. Okay. But I mean, more than anything, it's just. Like the biggest takeaway is that it allows you to be like in two places at once, essentially, because you start to you know you see the continuation of the scene that you're cutting away from, right? While something new is being brought in front of you, and it helps you actually focus on something in the new frame. Yeah, Um, yeah, because you're watching it come into life, right? I mean, that's kind of like the biggest takeaway with it. But there are certain wipes that like that people will point out and it's just like that doesn't make any sense it's true <laughs> and like this movie is a good example of it because it happens over almost every frame yeah but like um there was one shot in particular that stood out and that was during like the final battle uh and that's between you know obi-wan and anakin and uh yoda versus uh versus the emperor and uh, there's a point where like it was like yoda was like going to fight Palpatine and like goes for a strike. I oh, know, and they're they're fighting with the lightsabers, and uh, em- the Emperor does his like you know his super cool cackle and comes in for a swing. And as the swing comes down, it switches to uh, Obi Wan getting the, the throated by like just hit getting like choked out. And it was like it's a perfect cut right there, uh-huh. just getting cut out. You know, and it was like it wasn't a swipe. Yeah. It was just a perfect like snap to. Mm-hmm. And just it was like, like a smash cut. Yeah, and it was a perfect like symmetry and everything like that. And I was like, okay, so he's got one. Yeah, he has one at least. Yeah, but uh, well, I don't know. yeah, I don't know. That's just it. I think it's like when when we look at this film overall, and I mean, I, I told you this, and I mean, you can any anybody listening to this can go verify this, right? Um, but I, I did. I watched this movie and I came away and it was like, yeah, you know what? This really is 
I mean, by and large, this movie it has a few problems, but it's so much more the vision of what it should be. Right. Uh, of what the prequel, tri- the whole prequel trilogy should have been. Well, yeah, and I like I was saying before, it's because it goes there mm-hmm. like that because it's just happy and fun and like exciting and then order 66 happens like the whole thing with mace and the emperor goes down and then like he turns into darth vader then the movie is completely different right and to that end i brought this up earlier about seeing it you know for the first time and like just being quiet like when you see order 66 go down you have to like just kind of stop and watch. It's it's like a car crash. Well, it really is, yeah. And, and just seeing the way that... like I, I, The depiction of so many of the ways that the Jedi are struck down is... Right. It, like, it's kind of horrifying. Well, that's just it, yeah. And like I said, you, you get this image through the, all three movies that these Jedi are, like, invincible. Uh-huh. You know, and there's, like, nothing that can stop them. And, like, they're just, you know, they just keep coming and coming and coming. And just to see them being taken down one by one was, like, wow. It's, yeah. like, traumatic. Yeah. And, and that's just it. Like, I said before, you know... Going into this movie, everyone knew what was going to happen to the Jedi. Uh But when you see how it went down, it makes it that much more emotional. And going back to Clone Wars at least one more time, (laughs) these Jedi have also grown to, like, really respect the clones. Yeah, I mean, they love their clone troopers, and the clone troopers love their Jedi master. So, like, the whole... Jedi generals. The whole turn is just, like... I don't know. I feel like they have to address that in, like, the new season of clones that are coming out, like... If they're going to do it right, because that's the way that they originally wanted to end the Clone Wars, was uh, like, like with the, at, at yeah. Revenge of the Sith and Order 66 and everything like that. Like, if they're able to do it, do it. Like, because that would just be so cool and you could see how it goes down. But, like, yeah, you wonder how a lot of these clones felt. Uh-huh. Like, especially Cody. Like, Cody and, like, and Obi Wan were tight. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he shoots him in Boga and it's like he didn't even care. Like, yeah. he just was like, fire, get him out of the sky. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. And, and like, there's actually, I mean, there is this very compelling, uh, like, expression that you kind of see on on Cody, even though, like, you don't even really see his face, because I think he has his helmet on, but it's yeah. like, you know, you see him give Obi-Wan his lightsaber back, and, like, just the friendly, like, like brotherly banter between yeah, like, the two. I think you forgot this there, or something yeah. like that, yeah, just joking with him. And, you know, and then we kind of linger on <laughs> Cody as the the order is issued, and all of a sudden, you know, it's just like... It will be done. Do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just go do it. Oh, what the heck. Um, so I had fun with... Uh, <clears throat> I was asking, you know, Eva's opinions through this whole thing and telling her about this and that. And like, it's like, oh yeah, the dragon there that uh, Obi-Wan's riding. It's a girl. Her name is Boga. And she's like, that's so cute. It's just <laughs> like she loved the dragon. Yes. You know, and uh, she also recognized the, the Ripper bike, the one that... Uh, Grievous used uh-huh. because that shows up in the Force Awakens uh, Lego game because she rode around on it all the time. She <laughs> nice. loved that thing. But yeah, I mean, it was cool to go through it. And like, I was telling her about like how we when we would talk about like celebrities that show up in Star Wars, uh-huh. they're the space version of that celebrity. Uh-huh. So space Jimmy Smiths, right? Uh, uh, space B Arthur stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was that was the joke going through the whole thing as we kept showing up the space stuff and stuff like that. And so like, at one point I was pointing out to her, I was like, look at this ship, and it was. Uh, it was Bill Organa's ship, and uh, you know, I was like, "That's uh, that's the movie that's or that's the uh, the ship that's at the beginning of A New Hope, or whatever." And she's like, "Oh yeah," she's like, "Yeah," it's like it looks like a a space tractor. <laughs> I said, "Okay," it just I guess it, like because of the big engines on the back. That yeah, look like, 
you like, know, big back tires not, or whatever. I was trying to explain to her. I was like, no, it's it's a consular ship. You know, yeah. they're on a they're on a diplomatic mission. But no, seriously, it was it was just fun to have her kind of come through and just measure all that. And uh-huh. so she was having a good time, just had like you know ripping into the movie and whatever, and like just breaking me down. But at the same time, like when Order sixty six came. She got just as quiet as I did. Uh-huh. She saw all of it go down and was just like, wow, like, this is pretty, you know, it's pretty tragic. And it's like, it hits you. I yeah. mean, I, so, I mean, no matter who you are, if you're if you're just a common fan, like, I still feel like you'll be stopped by this scene. Like, you'll be like, wow, this is, you know, you can't really handle it too well, you know. So. Right. Yeah. Well, so I guess I'll, I'll kind of ask you this question. Which Order 66 death affects you the most i think it's um ayla sakura okay. sakura however uh-huh. you say her name yeah but on um on uh oh what's that dang planet uh the one the flower planet you know what i'm trying to say yeah it's also in the force of uh, force unleashed yes and the force unleashed is in battlefront but either way um felucia That's uh, it. yes uh, it's like she's just walking through and, you know, she's confident. She's walking the troops. And all of a sudden, like, she senses it. Like, you can see that she senses it. And now all the troops stop. And, like, she just gets cornered. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, gruesome because she just gets gunned from every direction. Yeah. And, like, it zooms <laughs> just out. just keep firing. Yeah. As it, it zooms yeah. out and covers the body with a plant, thank God. But yeah. it was, like, you could see the feet kicking. And I was just, like, oh, my God. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, they were all horrible. Like, right. even, like even, like, Kiati Mundi. Well, Kiati Mundi is my Because he was just... Come on! Like, yeah. he was And, like, you the get flag. that, like, extra moment where you actually kind of zoom in on him, like, and the surprise that he <sighs> sees whenever, you know, like, you see this shock on his face the moment before... It goes down. You see all the blaster bolts go off, and... It's uh, like he was able to deflect at least a couple, but, like, uh-huh. he couldn't he couldn't handle it right. any more than, like, anyone else could. Yeah. I mean, Plo Koon just went down so horribly because it was just like he didn't even stand a chance. Yeah, and he was in his fighter. He was and... with the wolf pack. Yes. God dang it. I don't know. That's the other side of it, too, is like watching this movie and like realizing all the stuff from Clone Wars and like how these characters interact. It's just like, ugh. It kind of kills you. And then, uh, not Kiyoti Mundi, but uh, the, the one Jedi who goes out on the speeder bike can't remember her name Ayla uh, it's not Ayla no 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 um, Adi Galea yes she dies in the Clone Wars does she? she gets killed by uh, Savage there's a point where like Savage and uh, Darth Maul are fighting her and Obi-Wan uh-huh. and Savage just strikes up headbutts her uh-huh. and like impales her and it was like that's it <laughs> until <laughs> the next time that's, yeah that's seems yeah until the next time you die. <laughs> There's a lot of like recurring deaths. It's just weird. So I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I, I mean, in all honesty, everything kind of works out for me. I love, I love how it goes down. Everyone knows all about the, uh, you know, the fighting at the end, like the the big battle. But one of the most emotional like lightsaber battles out there. And uh, I don't know, just the way it sets itself up for the next twenty years until a new hope happens is pretty cool. Yeah, and a, a couple details on that. Um, so b- most of that fight is filmed at real speed. Mm. Uh, like they did not use any trickeration. What they did do in some of the other sequences, but not so much like a lot of like the running battle, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but like more of the scenes, um, 
like you were talking about like when Obi-Wan's getting choked yeah. and like when they're in like that control station area. Yeah. Uh, some of those scenes, what they did is they actually just cut out like one or two frames from the, like the film itself. Yeah. yeah. To, just to kind of make that sense of speed remain, even yeah. though they couldn't quite make it happen. But like all of the like dramatic running and, and like the, the battle while they're like, moving is they like apparently they worked for six weeks just on the choreography for it which you gotta applaud that that's just amazing and like i said it's just you can see how emotionally jarring it is for both of them obi-wan doesn't want to do this Mm -hmm. anakin wants to do this and he's fueled by his rage and you can see it as much yeah so you can imagine the speed going into it and everything like that and the fact that it's done in real time is just insane yeah that's cool yeah but I think it. I think it is worth pointing out, just like all that Obi Wan is able to accomplish in Revenge of the Sith. Um, you know, in terms of he, uh, I mean, is there? Although he obviously doesn't participate in the destruction of Dooku. Nope. Um, but he certainly is part of that battle. He says there is speciality. Yes. <laughs> then he, you know, then he destroys uh, Grievous. Yeah. And he beats Anakin. Yeah. All in one movie all in one movie all so, in one day yeah basically <laughs> basically so can we talk about that real quick before we've kind of, kind of like fail this out yeah well let me say one thing Go ahead. uh so uh you know one of the common things that i like to point out uh is the trivia that uh if you notice at the end of revenge of the sith he has certain burn marks on his uh like tunic and on his robes yeah from like the lava yeah and you can still see those same spots on his cloak in a new hope no way yes really yep i have to watch that part again i didn't realize that yep that's cool yeah i mean i you know i mean obviously it's like i don't think that this isn't like some grand ring theory like conspiracy but i do believe this is like lucas who actually paid attention was like you know it would be cool a little bit of detail yeah yeah (laughs) let's just it yeah i appreciate stuff like that now i mean we'll get into that a little bit later on but like um I do like the fact that they were able to kind of go back and still have those moments that resonated with, you know, the original trilogy and got you ready for it. And obviously, like, the final shot of the movie is straight out of A New Hope, and Mm -hmm. it's just as, like, goosebumpy as ever, Mm -hmm. you know. And honestly, every time I hear the first breath of, like, Darth Vader, I'm just, ooh, you know, you get chills. They multiply. Like, it's just, like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I think that is some of Ben Burt's finest work. You know, of all the amazing sounds and things that he does, mm-hmm. in, like in sound editing that he does, is the the sequence where we're cutting back and forth between Padme and Anakin. And Anakin. On the and, beds. Yes, and you can like, and it's very subtle, but you can hear the heartbeats for each. And like, basically like Padme's is continually slowing, whereas like Anakin's is kind of like gradually picking up. Yeah. And then, like, there's a point where, you know, it's basically, like, when Padme dies, and, like, there's just, like, it's the complete absence of sound for a long moment, and then you get... <laughs> you know, it's fun. If, you, I mean, if you're alone, you don't want to sound like, you know, an idiot to anyone else around you. I've discovered that if you say cookie while you like breathe in, that's kind of sounds like Darth <laughs> Vader's breathing. I can I can follow that. Just like when you breathe in, you do that, you know, and then you like that, but you keep it out. So yes. that's what you say. 
<laughs> I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. No, I like that. But um, still, it is just that, like, ooh, like it, you know, it, uh-huh. it, it still hit me. And, uh, yeah, just him that's getting sealed in for yeah. the very first time. So, something I didn't actually necessarily know, Hayden Christensen is, in fact, in the costume mm-hmm. in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good, like, it, there's some, like, uh, behind-the-scenes footage of him, like, you know, being encased and everything, yeah. like, walking around. It's pretty gnarly. Yeah, and that's, that's actually, like, a nice touch, yeah. I would say. The fact that he had, like, the face makeup done and everything, too, like, he was able to make himself look like he would have when he went in mm-hmm. so it's it's cool like there's a lot of good detail to it and they didn't sugarcoat anything they just didn't throw it like someone super tall in or anything like that right like, yeah it was really, nice yeah i mean the only like i mean i guess the only alternative would be to have david prowls redo it but yeah that's never ever ever gonna happen <laughs> no i don't see it happen at any time soon um but let's just uh let me close it out with what i think i usually do let's just kind of go with it favorite uh line of dialogue in the whole movie uh, Rando questions. Hello there. Hello there. Hey, that is perfect. <laughs> uh, my favorite line uh, of dialogue is Uba. Uba. <laughs> <laughs> it's a girl. Anyways, uh, favorite sound effect. You don't have to try and recreate it, you can just <laughs> explain it. Yeah, I, I don't think I could. Uh,. Probably sticking with the same sequence on Utapau, uh, I will say Boga's noises. Boga's noises was mine too. Yeah. Just the way she's like her cries are. What? What? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's close enough. <laughs> it's sort of. But it's like it's a, it has like just a weird echoing effect to it. Yeah. And yeah. like like I said, I think just to, especially because the the book we read recently, uh, Master and Apprentice, the audiobook featured you know the sound of boga and other varactyls uh-huh. while they were doing the varactyl race so i was like oh that's nice yeah you know so yeah that <laughs> nice was... to hear those sounds again <laughs> i mean it was cool to go up against like the ripper bike and stuff like that too because yeah. it had its own moment but like it was for that sure. sequence and i always pointed that out i was like that's the sound for me mm-hmm. uh okay and then i'm trying to think of one more rando question unless you can think of one i don't know well i don't i mean i don't know i don't know that i have a question but i guess you know, I, Final this, thought. Well, yeah, this is something that I was kind of starting to get into, but I didn't want to necessarily get into the, the details of it. Um, but I was looking at the Star Wars saga on Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. for instance. And, you know, and I, I fully admit that I'm susceptible to review, like professional reviews, um, in a way that a lot of people are like, well, no, you should never just trust them. But it's like, I don't know, that's like... I, I have an educational background in that. And, and I mean, I'm sure that I, you know, a lot of people trust their opinion. Exactly. Um, but so if you actually look at, you know, the, the kind of pantheon of Star Wars films on Rotten Tomatoes, this is in a category with the likes of Return of the Jedi and Rogue One. Yeah. And I feel like that's where it is and where it belongs. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think the... Uh, so there's kind of like three major tiers, if you will. I mean, there's episodes one and two, which are not very well rated. Yeah. Um, then, as I say, you have kind of this mid-tier. The only one that's kind of an outlier is Solo. Um, like yeah. It's, it's rated a lot higher than the than episodes one and two, but it doesn't quite rise to the level of those three that I just mentioned, Revenge of the Sith. It's a smaller um, story for that matter. It, well, it is. It certainly is. And then you have, you know, the the big four in terms of, at least in terms of uh, 
the new sequels? Well, or are you considering Rogue One? Well, no. I mean, so I'm just including. So the four that are rated the most highly by critics, anyway, okay. are Star Wars, Empire, Force Awakens, and Last Jedi. Last Jedi. Oh yes, it's. I think it's like second behind Empire. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. I, I I mean, I'm not trying to downplay it. I just was kind of shocked. I was like, there should well, be a return of the... Some, someday, yeah. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. It, yeah. And, I mean, you know, eventually we're going to get into all of this. And, you know, and I, I'm sure I will have to defend my Last Jedi take again. Oh, well, and we'll I'm going to try to get you to admit the Return of the Jedi. Although it's... There's a lot of awesomeness. It's like mostly baked in nostalgia. That's, oh, oh yeah. Trust me. We'll get that's into why it. you love it the most. But well, we're gonna get the Empire before we get the Jedi. Well, so I'll, I'll be able to rip Justice back. Well, will you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's it's worth a shot. Yeah. So you, you're balancing the the like the will of. Uh, teddy bears versus the will of incest in your movie so it's just, it's, i'm just saying like i understand you're a game of thrones fan but like <laughs> yeah, that's fair oh i'm messing with you i'm sorry but all the same it's so you're saying that like when it comes to this movie where it is tier wise mm-hmm. it's rightfully so i think so yeah and 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 it's worth noting that you know, I mean, I think both of us, we, we still ranked it, like, in the bottom third of our rankings. Oh, yes. Um, you know, but it's kind of like, there's this thing where if you did divorce this film from the other prequels, mm-hmm. I think it stands so much taller. Yes. Because, yeah. I mean, it, it, it deals with a lot more mature, like, uh, material towards the end and everything like that. Like, it is... Definitely one of the more gratuitous movies out there, I think. Yeah, I, I agree know. with that. Just the way it kind of like projects itself, and it's just you know, it's war. Mm-hmm. That's that's the best way to put it. Yes, it's, uh, it's probably the. I mean, outside of Rogue One, I would say it's the most war-like Star Wars movie. Yeah, I just, like I said, I wish there was more of the Kashyyyk stuff. I wish there was more of like you know the space stuff, you know. But it is what it is. They had a lot to explain in a little bit of time, and I think they did a pretty good job. Yes. I just wish that they hadn't started where they started with episode one, and then they wouldn't. Have, they would have had more time to tell this story. That's actually pretty good. I yeah. guess is my takeaway. I I started writing like my version of the way the prequels should have played out. Ooh, your um, own anti cheese cut. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but it would be, like it would be. And I, I have a very weird place for it to start. But I think it should start, like, on Naboo with Padme and Anakin, like, as young lovers. Ooh. But then we learn that, oh, wait, this dude's a Jedi. Yeah. And he's not supposed to be doing this. Yes. But he's actually just, like, this kind of manipulative, charismatic Casanova, if you will. Yeah. And... I like that. Yeah. And, and basically, it just goes from there. And I actually think it'd be interesting if... You know, in in my imaginary prequel trilogy, like he falls at the end of the second movie, mm. and then the entire third movie is he is bad, but maybe we don't know he's bad. It's just kind of like comes or, up on you, or like we know that he's bad, but we like, but like oh, the Obi Wan and Yoda and and yeah. other Jedi of the world don't know that he's bad. <laughs> now that's that's gnarly. <laughs> that's pretty gnarly. But let's. Let's save that for another day, because I'd kind of like to get into like fan fiction ideas. Sure, I'm all about that. Are you uh, 
Is there anything else you'd like to bring up about the flick? Um, let me ask you this. Okay. Final question. So, yes. So are you a believer in the Palpatine is actually responsible for killing Padme to keep Anakin alive? Yes. Using her life essence, etc. I'm almost certain of it. Like the way it kind of comes down is because like, if you look at Palpatine's face, once he tells him that like, you're, you know, it seems that in your anger, you've killed her and all this kind of, you know, whatever. Like he's he's, just like, he has his little wry smile kind of thing going. Right. Like at first he's just like staring, like scared at like Vader. And then like, he like feels the force coming out of him. And then all of a sudden he just does that small smile. And it's like, I did it. Like, I manipulated it. And you know what? Like, with everything else and all the theories coming out about episode nine, like, this could really pay off in some way. Like, maybe this scene in general, like, comes out in some way. Yep. And we'll never know. Well, I, I mean, I I keep saying this repeatedly, and it's like, the, the thing that I'm not understanding is how Abrams is going to make good on the promise of, like, connecting both the to the original trilogy and the prequel, the prequel trilogy. trilogy. That's what I'm saying. Like so. maybe this has something to do with it, especially if Palpatine's evolved. Yes. So, but we shall see. And in any case, uh, thank you guys for stopping by. I was hoping you uh, enjoyed the, this little movie review. I think we covered a lot of Revenge of the Sith. We covered a lot of other stuff. Yes. But, you know, we still <laughs> got a little bit of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, a little bit in here and there, but still, you know. It's it's a good enough movie to sit down and uh, you know enjoy enjoy with a friend or two. Uh, you know maybe play a drinking game to it or something like that if you want to have fun with it. <laughs> Every time Hayden Christensen does something awkward. Ooh man, she's like waterfall. <laughs> but either way, uh, you know please don't be afraid to like and subscribe and check us out on Facebook as well as Reggie'sHousePodcast.com slash Greta Shot First. While you're there, check out Games and App Podcast as well as the Rust Belt Wristers. Right. And on top of everything else, uh, check us out on uh, Apple iTunes and or is it Apple Podcasts? Apple Podcasts. Uh, .com or just... Yeah, I mean, if you open your iTunes or whatever, you can still get it there. Yeah. But it's but... just like iTunes is basically just like a platform that's now been divided into Apple Podcasts and Apple Music. <laughs> All right, fair so. so, yeah, check us out there. And like always, I had a great time. Did you have a good time? It's a boring conversation anyway. I bet it was.